everyone. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. We've got another exciting episode of Talking Cloud, and I can't tell you how excited I am about my guest today. You know, this is a place where we talk about cloud, all things cloud, cloud security, compliance, issues, concerns, new markets, new technologies, ways people are using it, ways people shouldn't use it, all things cloud. And, you know, I'm not an expert, but I do know where to find experts. And today we've got a great one. I mean, this is somebody who, frankly, I'm not going to even tell you much about him because he's got a great story to tell. I've known him for a few years because I, like another quarter or half a million people, uh, started following him. Uh, Really exciting, great information. And so with that, I'm going to pass it over and allow Evan Kerstel to tell us about himself. Evan, welcome to the program. Thanks so very much for joining me today. Well, thanks for that wonderful introduction. And thanks for having me on the show. I've been a listener, and it's nice to actually connect with you finally. Yeah, no, it's terrific. So can you take a few minutes, Evan, and just, I mean, you've got a long storied career. You've had, uh, I mean, you're a pretty bright guy, double E, I think, if I saw in your background. Maybe you can just tell a little bit about your career and history in the industry. Yeah, I've been um, in the enterprise communications and telecom IT space for 25 years, uh, you know, starts to date myself when we talk about the early 90s in IT and and tech and telecom. Uh, We didn't talk about cloud then, except when we looked up in the sky. So it's been, you know, quite a journey uh, working from big companies to startups to striking out on my own as a a kind of thought leader and uh, sole proprietor of sorts the last few years. And really uh, kind of an industry observer, uh, watching and listening and learning about uh, key developments in enterprise and telecom and and tech in general. And, um, you know, sharing my observations and insights and uh, in the process, you know, building a bit of an audience on social media where I really enjoy engagement and curating and education and learning and share my obsessions with uh, fellow followers there. So you do it I fabulously. That- you, I mean, I'm telling you, Evan, I, I was just talking with my, my wife. I'm ki- not kidding this morning about this is like an unbelievable full-time job. And I said, I don't know how he does it. He's got to be an octopus with eight arms because of all the posts and he's on every uh, medium. It's like unbelievable. How do you do it? Well, it is a personal obsession, so I wouldn't recommend it uh, to everyone, <laughs> and it requires uh, many hours in the day. But, um, you know, there, there's so much happening in tech. It's really a renaissance, I think, in tech, and it's the best time uh, in, in the industry, let's say, that I've seen personally and professionally. And there's just so much innovation and, and so much disruption and change happening that um, – you know, I just like sharing what I find and discover and in turn um, have connected with an audience that's uh, equally engaged and interested uh, in those topics. Boy, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, uh, I'm one of those. I'm one of those, Evan. So so maybe you can 
maybe you can take a second and talk about uh, talk about. I mean, obviously, way back in the '90s, we didn't have what we called the cloud, but we had computing. It was called a 3090 or a, uh, or something of the sort, right? Maybe a mainframe. But nonetheless, today, um, cloud is highly pervasive. But maybe you can kind of give your view of the cloud, the state of the cloud. It seems like there's lots of confusion. So I'd love to get your your perspective on where it's at. Yeah, no, the cloud is confusing. In fact, my 85-year-old father uh, recently asked me, you know, where is this cloud? You, you know, he was trying. This is a retired professor and painter and artist. And he says, you know, where is where is this cloud everyone's talking about? And I, you know, I started by trying to explain what a data center is and how they're distributed data centers and, and you know, computing and storage and networking and I gave him the whole spiel and he said, but, but where is it? You know, where is the cloud? Yep. And so then I sort of went into, well, you have Amazon has a cloud and then Google and Microsoft. And he, he wouldn't take <laughs> my explanation it's as, difficult. for an answer. Yeah. And so finally I just said, look, dad, the, the cloud is in New Jersey. <laughs> and, and he said, oh, okay, it's in New Jersey. <laughs> so, so it's okay. I finally got my father – to uh, understand intellectually where the cloud is. But I think, you know, we throw around cloud and we throw around these terms and we really don't understand. Uh, And there really is no no simple answer. It's a very complex landscape. There are different modalities. There's different providers. There's different, uh, let's say, positioning of cloud. You know, we all think about cloud as a public utility kind of service, which, of course, it is. But even uh, there are variations on that from hybrid cloud to private cloud uh, to, you know, personal clouds uh, might have in my home. Yep. And, and so, you know, it's all part of this very complex landscape. And so or the, the cloud, reality, the cloud macchiato from Starbucks. Right. I mean, that's right. what we were talking it, it, about before. Exactly. And sort of the, you know, the consumer marketing folks have taken hold. Overuse of the term yeah. as well, and we have iCloud, and and that only confuses consumers e- even more and confounds them when it comes to things like their personal accounts and where they live and where your data lives, and security and privacy, and, and so it's it's a mess. It's just a it's just a big mess. But it, it has as an industry practitioner, it's it's a fascinating time to be in computing and to watch this evolution or revolution that we're seeing unfold. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more, Evan. In fact. I've said for many years, what's so exciting about the tech industry overall is no matter when you get in, you're getting in at the beginning of something. Right. So so it's always got kind of that cutting edge uh, uh, somewhere. But I, I also agree. And this is something I've talked about in the past. I'd love to get your your viewpoint on. I believe we're at a, a, a really transformative time because of three things that we've had for years, but it's the quantity and the ubiquity that's changing the landscape. And I'm talking about compute, connectivity, and bandwidth, right? The, the, the three of those coming together in, 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 the, in the quantities and the availability, it's, it's changing the landscape quite significantly. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, it's it's ubiquitous and universal and almost infinite. And, you know, I looked the other day how many times I tweeted and it was about 900,000 times over the course of over a decade. Uh, and when I say tweeted, that means audio, video. It means uh, 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 
things like live stream recordings. And, you know, all of that is in the cloud. It's all in Twitter's uh, uh, data center stored almost, let's say, uh, 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 into perpetuity. And and that's just uh, one Twitter account. Now, multiply that times, you know, Gmail and email and and all the services we, we know and use every day. And the scale of this uh, uh, landscape begins to, uh, y- y- you know, come to the fore. Uh, and y- and you look at big data. We all this data we call it big data, and how it's doubling and quadrupling every every year or two. And so, yeah, uh, y- you know, it can be a bit overwhelming thinking about the scale and scope of of uh, this this big data landscape. You know, it's interesting when you talk about scale. Uh, I think that's one of the areas in particular uh, from a security perspective, a lot of organizations don't always take into consideration. You know, I, I have a theory and we won't go off on it too far, but, you know, this whole notion of best of breed, while I think it certainly is important, I think architecturally, if you step back and you looked at the main cloud, uh, main security vendors, they've all kind of architected this similar model with a big bit bucket in the cloud that everything goes into and then they do their magic and spit it back out. And, and, but the, the point I wanted to make was when we're talking about the scale of 100 billion incidents of compromise that might be seen in a single day, the difference between uh, one or one half percent effectiveness on preventing the bad guys can really result in some amazing quantities, right? I mean, because a half a percent is a half a billion and you start to add that up and it becomes a lots of billion, not necessarily that are all bad, right? But that you now have to make a decision on. That's why I always think it's so important to take a step back and look at which vendor's really doing the best job for you as opposed to who's got the coolest UI. But it's all a scale issue for sure. Yeah, it's like the old joke about the government, a billion here, a billion there. And pretty soon you're talking about a lot of money. Of course, a billion dollars <laughs> in, in government terms is is nothing these days. And, you know, a billion gigabytes is becoming, you know, uh, uh, an actuality when Remarkable. it comes to data and data storage. And, yep. You know, the issues are, 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 are big and not just around security and not just – uh, uh, privacy, but uh, you, you know who owns your data and where and what, what country? And the Europeans are really pushing back on, on data things like data, right? data, data privacy, data sovereignty, data security. Yep. Um, it, it, it's already uh, come to the forefront with with, you know, where your data lies and lives. California and, and who, too, right? Who owns that? And you know, we expect yeah, GDPR-like legislation coming out of California. So if we were to fast forward a year, two, three, we're going to see a very different regulatory compliance landscape than even we have now. Do you think that's? Um, I guess you know, good thing, bad thing. I mean, does that concern you? Does that arrest? You know, like fears? everything in life, everything in life, there's an upside and a downside. Yeah, double-edged sword. Uh, yeah, everything has. Uh, also unintended consequences. And I think, you know, we're sort of the Wild West uh, in terms of compliance and regulations here in the U.S. In other countries around the world, it's, they're, they're, they're much, there's much more regulation with things yep. like GDPR in Europe. Yep. Um, and, you know, consumers around the world have different expectations. You know, Germans have very uh, specific expectations around privacy that uh, Americans just don't have. And, and, and so it's, it's cultural right. as well. And so you can't really uh, 
paint these things in a, in a generic or very broad brush. It really depends on the context and geography and expectations of consumers and businesses. Yeah, certainly money talks though, right? Places like uh, Singapore announced we aren't going to be using the cloud unless it's local. And what do you know? Google, Microsoft and Amazon, all three are building data centers in Singapore. Yeah, and and banks and and other you know healthcare organizations have have very specific requirements, and, and so uh, I think there you'll see a bit of a trend of repatronization of some data back into uh, companies' own private cloud and into, into their own data centers, and it, it, it's, life is messy, right? Yeah. I mean, this you know there isn't a utopia. There's no perfection, and there's no perfect model when it comes to cloud. Yep. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, you, you mentioned earlier communications, enterprise communications. How's the cloud affecting, changing, influencing enterprise communications today? Well, it's funny, you know, uh, enterprise communications is kind of one of the last bastions of uh, you know, a, a legacy uh, old school thinking when it comes to, uh, you know, hardware, software solutions. I mean, a lot of the communications in the enterprise still happens on essentially old school PBXs. You know, these are like, you know, your, your rotary phones or really? your touchtone phones from, yeah, believe it or not. I mean, there's just a lot of legacy. There's a lot of history. When it comes to telephony and the, and the telephone, think about Alexander Graham Bell onwards. Yeah. And, you know, many companies haven't moved their telecom telephony contact center infrastructure to the cloud. There's still uh, still very much in the back closet uh, in the, you know, behind the, the, the closet doors. There's there's a lot of uh, legacy stuff. And so I find that an, amazing. I mean, with all the effort that, I mean, I've certainly heard and seen from the likes of Cisco and, you know, Vonage and all these other VoIP-based, uh, I mean, and they've been around for years. It, why is yeah. it not changing? You know, partially uh, there there was a lot of legacy attachment to applications and services uh, that, that didn't necessarily loan themselves to, to the cloud. Things like, uh, you know, emergency services, emergency calling, low legacy features. Yep. Um, y y you know, it hasn't been an area of investment, uh, sort of the back office, if you will, versus the front office, the web, the, the customer interface, the customer experience. I mean, think about all the, the hotels you go into with that crappy phone next to, the, next to your bed, you know, in the hotel room. Never touch it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Never and touch so it. That, that's still a phenomenon, both in that hotel room and in the office. Yeah, and and so there is this refresh happening, but refresh in in you know, the enterprise goes in ten year cycles. You know, right. it doesn't happen overnight, uh, and and so it's a, it's a, it's still a bit of a slow uh, process. But cloud is disrupting that, and I think players like Vonage and others are coming out with just amazing solutions that allow customers to not just ditch legacy telephony but to invent all kinds of new applications and services and from messaging through to omnichannel and video communications that of course live in the cloud and so and enable you know greater collaboration productivity with, with their employees enable new kinds of interaction with customers 
and, uh, you know, generally better workflows. So yep. it's happening. It just, you know, it's taken much longer than, let's say, some some would have anticipated. It surprises me. I would have expected that to have been farther along. Um, there's data that suggests some 80 plus percent, at least of the enterprises question. This was by cybersecurity insiders uh, are either very or extremely concerned about security in the cloud. But what I find also fascinating is, you know, on one hand, you see compound annual growth forecasted to be somewhere near 30 percent through 2022 in the IaaS space. And then the last stat that I'll just throw out and get your comments on is the one that's so widely publicly stated from Gartner that says at least 95 percent of all public cloud failures are going to be the customer's fault. So I find those juxtapositions, you've got this incredible adoption rate. Everybody's scared as hell, but they're still jumping like a lemming. Well, I think I think they have to. I mean, if if you're a business, you have to innovate, you have to move quickly and you have to sort of, uh, you know, uh, consume best of breed and you need price performance when it comes to your suppliers. And, and and so whether you like it or not, you have to move forward on this technology curve. You, you know, that Apple IIe that you bought in the 90s, uh, I'm guessing isn't too too useful <laughs> right now, although it's probably uh, worth quite quite a lot of money. So, you know, companies that don't innovate and stay on on that that curve tend to lose. You know, they they fall behind their peers. Yeah, and so there, there's you know there's there's a lot of that, and I think you know most of the new net new innovation. Uh, that's happening out there is happening in cloud. That's where the R and D dollars are going, and that's where the development and the art, uh, uh, developers are inventing and creating. And so, yeah, that's where folks have to focus their attention. I mean, I was actually talking with a vendor just before our call who was developing and deploying a global cloud-based uh, communications uh, service. I won't mention their name. But it essentially promises zero downtime, and they do that by load balancing across uh, AWS and Google Cloud. And basically, there is no single point of failure anywhere. Uh, Even if one of the regions goes down, there's no sort of centralized platform anywhere that can be impacted. Or even if one of the providers goes down, like in AWS, which has happened, uh, it it shares data across Google Cloud. And and so they offer a a kind of a a guarantee, you know, which is... Amazing, right? You, I mean, you know, not not only that, but a financial guarantee. So you'll you'll get a 15x check written for whatever investment you put in their application if if there's an outage. So that's that's kind of thing is unheard of in wow. IT. But I think that's the trend is this sort of always on kind of model. So I'm, I want to ask a question. What do you think is uh, we can expect to see in the next say you know year, two years, three years that'll be the most significant or transformative that people are going to just kind of go, wow, in your opinion. But before you answer, I got to pay the bills. So hang on just a second. How well are you protected in the cloud? How fast do you move when the cloud moves at the speed of DevOps? And do you have the confidence you see everything you need to see, good or bad? Checkpoint Software. Cloud with confidence. See it. Control it. Secure it. 
Okay, so bills are paid. We're all set to go. The lights are still on. Evan, what's that prediction? What What do you think is going to just blow people away or that they're just not really even expecting over the next few years? Anything? Yeah, I, I think 5G is, is going to go mainstream in, in a big way. We've seen early excitement and enthusiasm and frankly, probably overhyped. But as 5G coverage and uh, networks get rolled out at scale, as as the devices get smarter and and more mainstream, like an iPhone 5G, and um, coverage becomes indoor, outdoor, ubiquitous, uh, different parts of the country, uh, we're going to see uh, you, you know another wave of innovation, much like we saw with the first internet's rollout, and it's going to be super exciting for content creators, for social media addicts like myself, and for enterprises that can use all this new spectrum and bandwidth in innovative ways. So I think you know 5G. There's been you know the typical uh, over uh, hype cycle sure. to start, but I think we're going to get see it get real practical pretty quickly as the networks become available and the devices get really compelling. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Evan. In fact, it's kind of what I, you know, alluded. I'm always connected with this handheld computer I have. You know, the first Macintosh I sold had 512K of RAM. This thing's got 64 gigs and it's old, right? And so I just, I, I ponder having the same level of ubiquitous connectivity with all of a sudden the bandwidth and that compute at my fingertips and you know i talk to people about how this will really truly be transformative from a development perspective because we can develop code under new assumptions that assumption can be always connected with crazy high band it starts to let me ask questions where i don't care where the answer comes from yeah and we'll see new uh use cases emerge that were not practical or possible before things like in-home telepresence visits via doctor or, you know, vehicle to vehicle communication for road safety, all kinds of smarter uh, cities applications, you know, with, uh, you know, monitoring and and security and public safety. Uh, So we'll see all kinds of services emerge that just simply weren't practical or usable because of network limitations. So that's super exciting. Yeah, it really is. So I know you've given me so much time and I really, really appreciate it. I hope we can have you back again. But before we close out, you got any recommendations for our listeners? Yeah, I think the key is to just experiment. I mean, use... You know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you know, experiment with podcasting, you know, find podcasts you like, consume a couple dozen podcasts a week, you know, use search to really discover new and interesting content. Or if you are a podcast enthusiast, try try making your own, you know, playing with some tools to, to not just consume, but be a creator. You know, start a podcast that's of interest. Um, experiment with new platforms. I mean, if you're a old school Mac or PC guy or gal, you know, try something new like Chrome. I, I love the new Google Pixelbook Go. Mm-hmm. I love Chrome and what it does for security and, and a lot of the Chrome-based apps. Um, so I, I would say, you know, constant experimentation, tasting, sampling new things. Yeah, keep learning, tech. right? Keep it, learning. Yeah, learning is, is really the key. Yep. And, um, you know, if you don't in, in tech, you have to be constantly experimenting to really stay abreast of uh, what's happening. Well, I don't know of anyone else. And this is sincere, Evan. I know of no one else 
that I follow or I see uh, out in the social sphere uh, that stays abreast with the new cool stuff. I mean, I love your little videos about how technology is getting used and innovative new uh, developments around the world. So, you know, keep them coming. You do a fantastic job. And I really sincerely thank you very much for all your time today. It was really wonderful. Well, thanks so much. And uh, we, it's given all the the dark side of technology and bots and hackers and black hat and and election manipulation. People forget there is a tremendous upside to what's happening on social and digital and community and learning and sharing. And so I, I, I really think just to encourage people to, to think about the upside and to participate in the upside and, and discount, you know, a lot of the negativity that's out there. Couldn't agree with you more. It's an exciting time to be alive. It's uh, There's going to be something new again tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and it's pretty exciting. So, Evan, thanks very much. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Talking Cloud. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Hope we'll hear you back again, or you'll hear us back again soon. And again, Evan, thanks so much. Hope everybody has a great day. Yeah. Mm-hmm.